Welcome back to another edition of Inside Wyoming Cowboys Athletics here on wyomingathletics.org and ESPN Media powered by Sidearm Sports. My name is Jason Griefer. Joining us here, as always, Wyoming Assistant AD Jeff King. Uh, Jeff, good to see you once again. And uh, a lot of stuff to uh, talk about here, both good and not so good in regards to Mother Nature allowing things to happen or not happen. And we'll get into that uh, as we go along here today. Let's start off on the diamond and let's start off with your uh, uh, baseball team and uh, kind of a rude welcome into the league as league defending league champs last week, getting shut out twice by Indian Hill and uh, only only being able to churn out just three combined hits there. So I'm, I'm wondering there, uh, any concerns early about the offense, particularly ahead of a really cool opportunity uh, this coming Friday against Versailles? Yeah, I mean, it's it, Indian Hill's a really good baseball team. We knew they were going to be coming in, and that was probably going to be, you know, one of our toughest tests probably throughout the whole season. Um, and they're definitely going to be a team that, to, that battles for the top spot in the league, I think. Um, you know, we have a couple guys we're looking to get back healthy, and it, it's just one of those things where practice and, and with weather, I mean, every, everyone's plagued by it, but I think that we just got to kind of start to get over some obstacles and, and get back um, in the win column, we started off well with two straight wins and, you know, rattling off the four straight losses there. But uh, we, we still feel good with where that team is. You look at the way the schedule shakes out and uh, scheduled games anyway, early in the week, uh, Deer Park and, and Reading in league play. But then I mentioned the opportunity on Friday night to take on Versailles. And the reason why I mentioned it's a special opportunity is because it's going to be played up in Dayton at Dayton Dragon Stadium, you know, obviously minor league affiliate of the Cincinnati Reds. So a whole new experience uh, for the kids. Just kind of take us through how that event got together and uh, obviously the level of excitement for the kids to be able to play in a minor league park like this. Yeah, we're really excited about it. We, we actually did it last year as well and had a great showing up there with a, with a fantastic win. Um, we have a chance to get two, hopefully two wins under our belt. Um you know, going into that game to get back in um, in a good groove, but being able to go up there, they put on they, the Dayton Dragons put on a great event. They reached out last year, um, and you know they kind of have this showcase with area teams and, and teams throughout Ohio to go up, get the opportunity to play there. Um, it's really cool to play in such a great facility. Um, you know, you know, get, have have the PA announcer and, and all that, which a lot of baseball stadiums don't have. So it's a really cool event. We're excited about it, and hopefully, we can build off the success that we had there last year as well. Shrinking the diamond a little bit, we'll talk about your softball team. And uh, kind of, a, uh, we talked last week, kind of splitting the opening week, you know, a tough one against Ursuline to start the year. And then you come back with a nice win against Roger Bacon 10 2. And that seemingly has just kind of lit a fire underneath this team because they just went guns blazing last week. You beat Indian Hill 14 0, McNick 12 9, and then Deer Park 22 4, in which you put up 13 runs in the first inning. So we're scoring in droves here. And the thing that impresses me, as much as anything, and I want to get your thoughts on this, is the fact they're scoring all these runs, you know, four straight games with double-digit runs. You have one home run on this team, one combined home run for the entire roster. I'm just – I want to get your thoughts on your impressions on the team's ability to score a bunch without needing the long ball and also how the coaches feel about the strength of this lineup, that they can do that. They can go out game after game and put up all these runs and not have to rely on the long ball to do it. Yeah. Getting girls on base and and be, being able to come through and and um you know every a lot of people contributing which, which is really good and being able to score in multiple ways and not having to rely on, on a home run so obviously that one home run's great but being able to come in and uh, have the bases you know fill, filled for a lot and, and keep scoring that, that's a, definitely a good thing to ha good problem to have. 
how much does the coaching staff preach patience in that regard at the plate that you can work counts you don't necessarily hit you it, it's okay to take a walk in that situation because you have batters behind you seemingly one through nine anybody can come up you know slap it the other way drop a bunt down all those types of things how much of that is a part of the offense approach for the the coaching staff is that you can exude some patience while you're up there and you don't necessarily have to go you know guns blazing at the first pitch that you see yeah which, which is good too for our girls to realize you know hey if, if someone be, before you maybe gets an out or something like that we have the opportunity for coming up in the lineup to, to just get right back on base. So being patient throughout the whole game, taking it really an inning at a time, which is going to be important for us. And that's one of the reasons, you know, we, we started off the season with, with a tough schedule and we feel really good about the last three games that we've had there, um, you know, go, going into this week. Stay patient, know that we can get on base at any time and we can put up a lot of runs. So we're, we're proud of that offense. Switching gears, let's talk about your uh, boys lacrosse program. And we talked, we we talked last week about the struggles that they've had, but you know, nice to see them finally get that breakthrough last Monday uh, afternoon against Wyoming or against Walnut Hills, I should say. Boy, I'm, I'm getting my teams all mixed up here. Beating Walnut Hills sixteen to seven. So not only do you get a, a nice performance defensively, but you also put the ball in the net. Uh, in droves you know, obviously things didn't go your way against chda this past friday but i want to focus on that walnut hills game you know for everything that this has gone gone on in this really team effort i thought anyway in this one dozier ambrose five goals three assists and your goalie jackson palermo with 17 saves to really help you out on the back end and, and keep you in a comfortable spot throughout that one against walnut you know, I'm wondering how the guys were feeling after that Walnut win, knowing that they put a complete effort together. They scored a lot, played well defensively, and then you've got a goalie that was seemingly turning away almost everything. It was just such a great thing, especially, you know, with the new first-year head coach. Um, and Do you mentioned Dozier Ambrose. You know, he's only a junior, but he's taken such a great leadership role with that team um, and be being able to come out and score. We, we just – we finally looked like the lacrosse team that we knew – we know that we can look like. And, you know, we, we ran a lot of good sets, um, had some great things go on on offense. And you mentioned Jackson Palermo in goal, pulling off some really great saves. Because that Walnut Hill team, you know, that's a good lacrosse team. We were really excited about how, how we played against them. CHCA, tough game. You know, that, that's a good lacrosse program. Um, it, it's, it's a tough schedule that those boys are going through right now. But d definitely really nice to get that first win under our belt there against Walnut Hills. So how do they build on that from here? You, you look at the way things are shaping out as far as the schedule goes. You're scheduled to play Bellbrook this coming Friday, Seven Hills next Monday, those two games at home. And then I don't, again, I don't know how you come up with these schedules, but you've got seven straight on the road after that. So how do you take what you built in this Walnut game and try to, and try to build that consistency going forward so that you're not having that yo-yo effect from uh, game to game? Yeah, it's something that we've we've been working on, honestly, from the first game against Turpin, because I know that obviously we lost the game against Turpin, but we played really well, and Turpin's a good lacrosse team. And just know that, look, guys, we, we can do this consistently. We just have to keep practicing, preparing for it, which is nice that we don't have a game now until Friday to, 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 to build off of that Walnut Hills game. And a, a good performance against a tough CHCA team, it's just something that we, we can really prepare throughout the week, knowing – Go back to that Walnut Hills, put in, you know, watch some tape and also know that, hey, look, these this road game, I apologize for this for the schedule, but it's 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 the opposite <laughs> of the girl of the girl's schedule, which is kind of funny that, that it worked out that way. Um, but it'll prepare us for the for the, for the postseason because we're not going to have any home games, you know, and uh, it, it'll help us play on the road. 
Well, you led me right to it because and I was going to talk about girls lacrosse next and kind of the knucklehead schedule making here because they're still, you know, in this stretch right now of uh, eight straight on the road. That's going to continue on a Tuesday at CHCA. But uh, you wait, look at the way things are shaking out right now through the first six games on the road, three and three in that stretch. That's not that's nothing to shake a stick at. That's not bad to go to for as much time as they've spent on the road to be 500 through the front six. You look at the way things shake out. You've got CHCA on the road on Tuesday, Kings on Thursday. That's also on the road. And then you come home for eight out of nine to uh, head towards the end of the regular season. I'm curious in that regard how big it would be for these girls if they're able to take care of business at CHCA and at Kings to go five and three in this road stretch before they spend the bulk of the, uh, the end of the month and into May at home. It just shows the toughness and the resilience that that team has um, building off of a great season that they had last year. And it, it's, you know, Coach Tom Crawford has always said, look, we don't care where we'll play. We don't care who we play. We'll go up and play anybody. And it's something that's, I mean, I, I feel like we need to have a, a separate homecoming for these girls when, when, when they finally get a home game um, <laughs> coming up. But it's, they're, they're just, it's a really tough group. Um, it's a fun group to watch. And we're excited to get them finally back back at Wyoming um, here after this stretch. But they're getting prepared for a good postseason run, hopefully. One of the young ladies I want to talk about is your uh, senior Victoria Chesson and kind of what she's been doing, particularly on the offensive side of the ball first. She's fifth in the league in scoring with 17 uh, on the season. She's also doing a nice number with draws. She has 32 draw controls. That's second best. Uh, in the league as well behind a, a young lady from Marymount. And we talked last week about how good Marymount is, and they're looking every bit like a team that may go on to defend their state championship. But talking about Victoria here, how important is she to setting up your offense? And we've seen your offense at times. They can be as hot as anybody. They can put double-digit goals in without even thinking twice about it. But in particular with Victoria, how much of this offense runs through her? And what have you seen in her maturation into her senior campaign? I mean, she's the leader and you know, really the rock on the, of that team. I mean, that's why one of the reasons why she's going on to play at the next level of Central Michigan next year. Um, you know, she built off of playing some really great lacrosse last year with with some girls that left a great uh, legacy in the Dick Sisters, uh, Megan Lyons, Meredith Bornholt. So for, for her to be able to kind of pick that up and, and, and take the torch from them and be this leader. Uh, she plays a huge role on that team, not only on the field, but off the field, in the weight room, in, in preparation. She's someone that we can always lean on to be that leader. And we know that, like you said, the offense goes through her. And when she plays well, we tend to play well also. So it's something that she's going to have a target on her back with other teams, but she definitely welcomes that challenge. Moving over towards uh, track and field, and uh, boy, if, if there's a group that's been affected by weather, you know, it seems like it's always winds up being track and field, even though it's supposed to be, you want it to be an all-weather type of a program, but nevertheless, uh, we're supposed to uh, have a meet over the weekend. That got wiped out, and so they've had a little extra time from uh, some, some very strong performances up at Deer Park last week. They're slated to go to Mount Healthy this coming Thursday, and as we're recording this on Monday morning, I'm looking at my weather app. And it allegedly claims 61 degrees with no precipitation. So I don't know how much stock you want to put into that. So it, we'll, we'll have this discussion right now as if this event's going to happen with no hiccups uh, at all. So with that in mind, what do you feel like the overall goal is for the track and field programs going to Mount Healthy this week on this Thursday, knowing they have an open weekend 
and then a return the following Tuesday when you go to Colerain. We just have to keep preparing like we will have these meets scheduled. You know, we, we were pretty bummed about not having the meet on Saturday. They, they were really ready, had a great re week of preparation, um, excited to go compete at that meet. Um, but, but this is a good opportunity. The Mount Healthy meets a really good one for us to go and showcase. And it, it's something where it's another resilient group that we have. We're, we're very lucky to have that group and the coaches that they, they kind of just roll with the punches and it's something that you have to do during the spring season. Usually we don't have to get affected, you know, that much. Um, like you said, with, with track and field, but it's something that they have to adapt, but they, they, even in the bad weather, they're still out there prepping, um, preparing, finding different ways to get better. And we're ex really excited about that meet on Thursday. That resiliency to be able to adapt from day to day, week to week, are we going to have a meet? No, we're not going to have this meet. This got wiped out. Is that something that the coaches work with the kids on? Or do you feel that's something that's already naturally instilled in these kids when they arrive at Wyoming High School, that they're prepared to face anything? And it's not necessarily, oh, great, here we go again. This, this is getting called off. Why am I even bothering? It, it, how, does, how is that in your mind? Yeah, I mean, it seems like it's a group that they just want to compete and, and they'll do it whichever way they can. And they know that, hey, if, if they don't get a chance to go do it because of weather against someone else, well, they're, they're going to compete with each other and get better. Um, now, our coaches definitely play a role in that where, where they continue to, you know, to, to strive to make sure that they, they don't let it, this take effect for them and, you know, affect them negatively and make sure that they're yeah. always prepared. And, and at the end of the day, too, it's something where, Hey, look, if we can't get in some certain meets, you, you might end up being able to get into another meet that you don't have on the schedule midway through the season. You know, that, that's always possible. And these, these kids know that, especially because th this is a group now that's coming up of, of two years of COVID preparation where you, you, you don't know where your next even practice is going to be or if you're going to be in school. So it's something with all sports and, and kind of kids that, that we're seeing that resiliency that, that's really built up that they're always prepared. Kind of a similar situation with your tennis program as well. Again, it doesn't take much precipitation to kind of wipe things out on the uh, <clears throat> on the tennis court. There's only so much treatment you can do on that to uh, to get things ready to go. But you know they're finally off and rolling. Uh, most recently, a sweep over McNick. So you're 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 feeling good coming into the heading into a weekend. We got some time to prepare. Uh, slated to take on Valley View today uh, out at Wyoming, and then. Uh, Boy, I'm looking at the schedule here, Jeff, and, and I see a lot of things that say at going <laughs> forward. But, I mean, it's, it's again, you know, you got to get them in. But, uh, nevertheless, a lot of road trips slated out. So, I'm wondering in that from that perspective, if we play today, later on a Monday against Valley View, any sense of, like, heightened importance? Okay, we, got, we, we need to take care of this one here at home because there's only so many home matches left in the season because, you know, it's just the way the tennis schedule works out. Yeah, I mean, they. it's another group that always stays prepared. Throughout the days, I'm always talking to Coach Tony Brock or Tom DeBias about where else can we get in throughout the school to, to make sure that we're prepping for our, our next meet. Hopefully, we can get this one in against, against Valley View. Then we know we have a tough one against Indian Hill coming up. It's always tough. Um, but they're finding different ways to, to make sure they're getting their practices in where whether they're in the gym, they're um, in certain areas of either the weight room or, or on the turf in the indoor. And they've definitely been a group that's um, kind of just taking things in stride again. Um, it's, it's, it's good to watch, but we know that to build off of that, you know, 5-0 win against McNick, it's going to be tough with weather coming up and then the competition that we have.
What do you make of the uh, ingenuity of some of your student athletes across the board? Not necessarily just tennis, although, as you mentioned, they find ways to get their work in as well. And to a point that you also mentioned a moment ago, too, about COVID preparations or lack thereof the last couple of years, the ability for any of these kids to just find ways to get work in to try to improve themselves. So when that game or that match or that event eventually comes to pass, they're as prepared as they can be. How, how, what do you make of the, the resiliency of the kids to come up with new ways to get themselves ready? It's just a testament to them, um, everything that they've been through. It's been a very kind of, you know, weird, awkward time for a lot of these kids in high school where, you know, it, it, you don't know even, like I said, whether you're going to even be in class necessarily the next day. Now we've, we've kind of gotten a, a lucky length of time now um, in this new year in 2022, but they spent two years kind of worrying about that. And then, you know, the, these older guys, you know, Mark Keller, um, Thompson Blade, losing pretty much a whole season, you know, just two years ago as well. It, it's something where they, they continue to kind of be the leaders and help out, especially with the young kids and make sure they know, look, don't take anything for granted. If we get a chance to get some extra preparation in, we need to take it and get better. One of the things we've talked about seemingly in more in this season than any other, and we've talked on it a number of times here today, is the weather and just the havoc it can play, especially in the what is the most condensed sports season of all three sports seasons we have throughout a school year between the fall and the winter and the spring. The spring is affected more than anybody else. It's just the way it works. So <clears throat> take us behind the scenes from an administrative side of things, the process in which you go about on a day-to-day -day basis of, okay, we have home matches here today. What happens when there's a threat of rain or precipitation? There already is precipitation. How do you go about determining whether a game match or event will be played? And if it is postponed, if and when it can be made up, how does all that work from your side? Yeah, I mean, a lot of it is kind of dependent on field conditions, especially when you when you look into softball, you look into baseball. But we, you know, we we might be out there putting uh, putting diamond dry down on the on the sand and uh, the dirt for the softball field, the baseball field, trying to get that worked out. Um, it, you're working with the other teams to see if hey, maybe their field has a little bit better condition than your field is in, and if you want to switch a home and home series, if you can do that, then you got to talk about the officials, make sure that they all know about it. Um, transportation, checking in on bus schedules, making sure you have enough buses. Cause you know, with the transportation, they're all dealing with several different schools that are possibly canceling here, trying to pick up here. Um, so it, it, there's a lot of moving pieces, but thankfully we have a staff and support group. Um, and then going back to the students and coaches that, Hey, look, they just want to be able to compete. And it, it's something where we know that we got to get whatever we can done to help, hopefully get them playing. And if that means traveling instead of playing at home, you know, these kids, and these players, they're, they're like, well, hey, let's do it as long as we're playing. Is this, per, in that perspective, with all the logistical challenges, is this as big of a challenge and as big of a part of your day as an administrator as anything else that you face during the springtime? I mean, it's, it's, it's one of the biggest things during the springtime to make sure that uh, we're getting all the games in and all the reschedules and um, phone calls, emails, text messages, with with all the different moving parts and different people it's definitely one of the biggest tasks um, as an administrator during the spring as anything else how important is that relationship then with the administrators and athletic directors assistants at the other schools that you're going to be playing against particularly within the chl how important is that for you to build those relationships so that you can make the proper accommodations 
I mean, it's it's huge, right? And we talk about it and we just had a league meeting last week. Um, you, you know, you're sitting around that table and it's like, well, we got to go back and, and check this field. And then you're talking to each other like, okay, well, if this doesn't work, can you play on this day? Can you play on this day? Um, and then making sure you maintain the relationships with the officials as well, having good communication. Um, you know, mistakes happen sometimes where, you know, one of them might not get the message in time and, and you feel bad when that happens. But those guys and, um, and gals are really good about working with us and, and being really flexible. Also, making sure that they've they've confirmed with us and then hats off to the transportation people, because, I mean, I can't imagine the matrix and the schedule that they look at of rescheduling buses and getting, getting them to the right spot and um, game cancellation. So it's just a it's a time where you want to make sure that you know that you're not the only one who's going through it. And so you got to be sympathetic kind of to everybody and work with each other to make sure that at the end of the day, let's get these student athletes on the field, on the courts, and let's get them playing as much as possible. So when the time comes and you eventually actually do get on the field or a match gets played or an event kicks off, is it, a, is it becoming more of a sigh of relief for you? Like, Oh, thank goodness we got this one in. Are you actually able to kind of block that out and for what you can, for as long as you're able to, to watch, be able to enjoy what you're seeing? I mean, you could definitely enjoy it more, but I tell you what, it is nice when, especially in a day where you go out and it's a clear sky, it feels great outside and you know that, hey, everything that you have scheduled this afternoon's going to get going. Um, it's going to get played. That's a really nice feeling, but it's also nice that once you've, you know, you've put in the work and you've seen all the work that these kids have done to get ready and, and prepare that, hey, it might have been a day that you didn't think you were going to get a game in. And then all of a sudden, um, hey, we got we got lucky and got got some clear skies and they get it in. It's just nice to be able to enjoy it. Spring season really is great. It can be a lot of challenges, but it can be a lot of fun also. A lot of great insight kind of behind the scenes and how things work in a logistical side. And as you, as you hear, as folks hear this, it, it's not an easy thing to try to pull off. And so uh, uh, great to uh, get some insight from behind the scenes on that, Jeff. Certainly appreciate the time here again. Hopefully next week we don't have to talk about Mother Nature and we can just talk about, I don't know, teams scoring a bunch of runs or a bunch of PRs broken and you having to change school record boards and things like that. Hey, that's the hope. And, and uh, we, we know at some point in time we're, we're definitely going to get those get those talks. So thanks so much, Jason. That's Jeff King, Assistant Athletic Director at Wyoming High School, joining us once again for Inside Wyoming Cowboys Athletics here on wyomingathletics.org and ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports.